0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Hi, I'm Jody Mullen. Welcome to Freakishly Well Behaved Kids. This series of podcasts is dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children. Um, We help children behave and be their best. I'm in a unique position to share this with you because I've been a child counselor and play therapist for nearly 25 years. I'm also a mom. I learned many lessons from my child clients and my own children. This informed my parenting as well as the parent cult consulting, coaching that I do, and it's part of my clinical mental health practice. I recognize in working with thousands of children and parents that there are simple principles for parenting. I'll cover more than 20 principles for pa- uh, parenting so you too can have freakishly well-behaved kids. <laughs> These principles are simple and life-altering They will change and enhance the relationships you have with children, how children behave, and how you feel about yourself around children, and improve your overall parenting esteem. Our special guest is really going to help with that today, too, so be prepared. Um, In this particular podcast, I'll be talking about a specific principle or lesson and how you can apply it. Um, I have a special guest today that will further our conversation about parenting and children. And you'll want to stay tuned for my upcoming book. It should be out in like two months, uh, Raising Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. And check out my website, www.integrativecounseling.us. Where you can find resources and web courses for parents and professionals. And today we are really lucky to be talking with uh, Jaleh Mahamedi about parenting strategies. Jaleh is going to share strategies that work when we, as parents, are upset and angry which is when our strategies typically don't work. So this is super important. Jale is a licensed mental health counselor, a credentialed play therapist, and a circle of security facilitator, among many other things. But we would run out of time if I listed them all. Um, and she helps parents and children um, in, in those capacities, and she's going to help all of us. Today. So, welcome, Jale. Hi, everyone.
0: Oh, Thank you me. for having me, Dr. Oh, Bowen.
1: Thanks for doing this. Yeah. So, there are some s- specific strategies that you had in mind, but talk about those. I wanted to ask you about what happens to parenting choices when kids, or, well, what happens to parenting choices,
0: what happens to parents when kids push their buttons. So, okay, good. Um, and you. you. And I think so fun. They're almost worried that that's not okay for that to happen, but I think we're all human, and we are going to get our buttons pushed, especially when it's our kids, because sometimes it feels like our kids know exactly the buttons to push for us. Um, so I run a program that's called Circle Security, and so part of it, Circle Security, it talks a lot about that emotional connection with your kids. And so, one of the ways that they word that, which I I just find really easy to remember, it's called shark music. <laughs> so when you think of shark music, you think of like da 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 da. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So sometimes you'll have, um, sometimes when kids are doing different things, so whether it's like the talking back or they're crossing their arms or maybe mm. they're crying, and you're just like, why are you crying about this? That is somebody's shark music, and okay. parents definitely have their old shark music. And so I think part of when that happens, it's really helpful to acknowledge that that's something that is your sharp music. So that's something that bothers you, it bugs you, and then that's when maybe some of the strategies that you have, they're failing, they're not working for you. Okay. So so there's, there's
1: something kind of creeps up on you um, as a parent. You can feel it. You feel it like, like a shark. Yeah. <laughs> well, that might not even be creeping, but <laughs> but, yeah. but but you, you can you can definitely feel like something's coming, and I'm going to lose it. That's right. And uh-huh. I think sometimes people
0: try to force it, even if they're so they're right on that brink, and they don't know if they can handle it anymore, and they're still like, okay, I'm the parent, I'm the adult, I have to just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is kind of my way of saying like it's okay, it's okay. Like you have permission to to not have to just deal with that and, and force it. Um, maybe listen to that shark music and then make another choice for yourself. Mm-hmm.
1: So so part of what you're teaching parents is how to interrupt that process. That's right. Okay. So what? how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> and it's a little too late for me because my kids, are 14 and 18. Oh, no. And okay. I love that you
0: said that. So it really can – I say it, it doesn't – there really is no age. I mean, okay. this, this is something that you can incorporate. I mean, even as an adult, I uh-huh. mean, I think I'm an adult child. So, <laughs> um, so even with my parents, I'm sure that there are things that I do that maybe drive them crazy mm-hmm. still. And so sometimes what I suggest to people is we use timeouts often for discipline. Right. And I mean, that's like one of the, one of the most, I think feel like possible or possible most important and maybe most easily talked about ways of sort of intervening and, and punishing kids. Yeah. But, um, I think timeouts for parents. Yeah, I feel like that's not something that's maybe talked about as often. No, but it's so <laughs> helpful, and I think can really help with some of that sharp that
1: comes up. Yeah. Okay. So I, whew, I feel relieved because I used to do that all that time when my kids were little. I used to say like, um, either you get a timeout or I get a timeout, but one of us needs to kind of like vacate the premises. Mm-hmm. I probably said it a little bit more child centered yeah. than that, but um, but I do think. Um, that and I and I loved how you just said like it's something that you can use as an adult too because like the other other day I got my button pushed at a conference and I was with some of my colleagues and I was like I felt like I was gonna like lose it and then I was like okay breathe and what I said to my colleagues was you know what because they're like what are you going to do about this and they they were helping me allow me to be maintain being riled up and so they, um, I was like, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to wait 24 hours and then decide how I want to handle this particular situation. But it, but, uh, and I didn't even think about it in that capacity. But that's what, that often derails us as parents, but it derails us as people.
0: Big time. Yeah. I don't really get, like, I think of different relationships that I have in my life, but I think, like, I mean, the most intense feeling I've ever had, how much am I going to get done when I'm feeling that <laughs> so strongly about right. things? I think it's like when we have even a minute or two Mm -hmm. minutes of just time to take a couple deep breaths Mm -hmm. and and maybe gather our thoughts, we can speak so much more, I think, effectively and calmly
1: and nicely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and actually in that just example that I was sharing is I I didn't wait 24 hours. I made it more like five minutes because I figured out a way to communicate what I wanted to communicate without um, (laughs) – I'm spitting nails because I was so angry. <laughs> so, But I think that that, um, I think part of what happens, and this is why I always say, like, I'm really against even spanking children in any capacity, is because you do it when you feel out of control. Yeah. And, and, and so what we, it's not just what we do in terms of corporal punishment um, with kids as parents, but even what we say to them. Um, and you can't, I, I always used to uh, share this, with my kids and even some of the kids that I see in counseling, you can't take what you say back. Yeah. You can say, sorry, but you can never take what you say back. And yeah. I think that sometimes it's parents um, when we, when we get our buttons pushed, uh, we, that's when we say those things that our kids remember, we can't take them back mm-hmm. and they make dents in them. I don't know how else to emotional. No, dents. That
0: that's exactly it. And yeah. as to mention, I like what you said about with, uh, with, spanking and, and just mm-hmm. that kind of punishment. It's not really teaching a new behavior. No. And so, you know, when when we as parents or, or just as people, I think when we're getting really frustrated and we say things that we don't mean, you're also kind of showing your kid, like, so when you get really angry and upset, then you raise your voice right. and you respond this way. Uh, as opposed to when you get to sort of calm yourself down, you give yourself your time out, that's a really good model for your kids. Yeah. For them to have a time out. And I think that's the other part of it. So you went, so like,
1: this is like when win-win right so so um you don't say anything you regret um you you don't lose your crap um and then the other piece of it is now you've modeled for your kid when you you know what it can look like when they're feeling upset and angry that they don't have to they don't have to go off the wall or do but um and yet like there's this other piece like i think that's kind of underlying that says but I still was angry, and and um and I think a lot of times I just came from a meeting about aggression and anger and schools and stuff, and um you know I think a lot of times the way that adults think about kids is that they just don't want them to be angry, they just don't want them to be aggressive. But this models for them, like you're, you can be angry, you just can't hurt somebody. Yeah, uh, and
0: you or, and you don't have to because you have to live with that you've done that afterwards too. Yeah, and that and there's that time in piece too. So I I think it. There's one thing to just kind of okay, I need to, a break, but then you never come back and talk about it, and that's so I think that that's another thing to sort of add to this is that when you need a timeout and you kind of calm yourself mm-hmm. down, but then you're bringing it in, so now both of you are calm, and then we call that time in. Oh, I like that. So then, so then you're kind of having this little powwow with each other mm-hmm. where you're able to to talk about what had happened, mm-hmm. what led up to it, maybe what could have been done differently. Right. Um, and I
1: think
0: and I found that that's been really really helpful for parents, because yeah. it's just like a one minute break. Yeah.
1: So um you know as you were saying that i was thinking and um is is there an example of uh, a parent that gave you some feedback on uh, taking them taking a time out and then taking a time in and um like what was their experience with that a parent who typically would have kind of flown off the handle
0: oh yeah so that's lots of <laughs> yeah uh, there's one particular that i have in mind and, and she she really loved the circle of security really connected to a lot of the different topics we went over so a lot of what she was struggling with is that she had a little guy that he, when he would get angry, he'd get really explosive, he'd mm-hmm. get physical. And so she, she just was really unsure of how to handle that. That was her shark music. Right. So she would hear that and then she would yell right back. Right. And so it would become this. Yeah. <laughs> she was, she was good. She said, it's not working. I'm right. just beating my head against the wall. And so, so that's what we had talked about was she was getting too elevated. And so maybe to kind of take, take a little mm-hmm. bit of a break. And so she said he was, kicking the door a little bit wow. and yelling still, but she stood around. Yeah, because that's then, what he was used to. So
1: he was like, I'm
0: just going to keep doing yeah. what I'm going to do. He was, so it took a couple of tries, and that's what I always mm-hmm. encourage people to do, is you want to be consistent and not just try one right. time. And she did. She stuck with it for a couple of weeks, and it got to a point where he actually asked her, he said, uh, Mommy, can I go take a timeout? And oh, wow. Down. Yeah. Well, that's a big deal. <laughs> I was idea. like, this is awesome. Yeah. So she, I mean, she just seemed so relieved almost because she she now was using the skill that was helping her. She modeled for him that right. this is a good way to sort of do that. But then also I think she was starting to realize like, okay, I've been sending my kid away alone when he got right. upset. Like, I can't get him to calm down because I'm not calm. Mm-hmm. So how can he do it on his own?
1: Right. And so he she, was just
0: a little guy. Too. Yeah. So yeah. he needed he needed to have her help with that so so i ended up working really really well and that was something that they they incorporate regularly yeah and i
1: um thank you for sharing that And one of the things that as you're sharing that story like i'm really reflecting on is just how much that changes their relationship too yeah. is that like on a day-to-day basis but in the bigger picture is that like that really changes the way that they um relate to each other and then you know i was saying about my kids being 14 and 18 but that then how does that play itself out you know um in in the future because that in the example you use that's just a little guy now but that's going to change their dynamic when he's a big guy. <laughs> At
0: some point, he'll be bigger than his mom, mm-hmm.
1: um, and so that that's long lasting.
0: Oh, and that's what I, I think is so important about this. Because I think it's one thing to think of, oh, well, of course, it's important to have a really good connection with your kid. Mm-hmm. But but it's like, okay, I already feel like I have a connection with my kid. But so what? You know, how how can that sort of translate out? And I say like, imagine them in their first romantic relationship. Yeah, imagine yeah. them when they're when they're friends with people. Right. And when they have these big emotions, and then if they're not really sure how to handle them or cope with them, they're going to run into some trouble. Right. So you helping, like, as you're helping yourself and you helping yeah. them develop those tools in their toolkit, I think that that's going, I mean, it will help their relationships for the rest of their mm-hmm. life. Yeah.
1: And I think this is also one of those places
0: where we, this and this happens to um,
1: Jale and I um, and, and our mental health friends is that, you know, we kind of learn um, some things um, one way, then we see it through the eyes of the people that we work with, and it can't help but to impact us, you know, um, also. And I think so it, it begins. It becomes like a way that we sort of navigate the world is like that you really can use shark, you use shark week, you know, or oh, yeah. shark, the, um, you know, shark, shark music, music yeah. yeah, that it's something that um, – you know, I, I think practicing what we preach is um, becomes a really important part of that. And that's, and, and that um, relates back to the parenting part. Like, if you're going to ask your kids to be able to do time out and time in, then you, you have to be able to do that, too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Even with, um, so that's just what you said just reminded me. So I, I use a lot of I guess, examples of my own life mm-hmm. in this group that I, that I run, and I say them, to them, I mean, even as an adult child, mm-hmm. I learned about this kind of stuff, obviously, later on in life, and it's helped my relationship with my parents, so even, I think, talking to them a little bit about, I think I know what my shark right. is, yeah. and talking about what their shark music uh-huh. is, and just now, as an adult, I can communicate with them about that, That's and it's so actually cool. improved our relationship. Yeah. Um, so well, it's not
1: too late. And I it's think, never people, too late. okay, so parents, you really need to hear yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, is that because Jale is much older than a teenager? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, and it's working with her parents. So um, I think that that that's spectacular to have that like level of reflection on that too. So you said that when uh, we talked a little bit before, you said um, the shark music was one of your favorites. What? And then you had another one that you wanted
0: to um, talk yeah, about. Yeah, so there's, uh, so I would say the, if you're able to kind of um, be in this place with your child, then there's actually two words. That's all All it is. It says, it's called being with. Uh, we talk about this a lot in the counseling world, and so I think it's just like an easier way to remember it by calling it being with, which is really just any emotion your kid is feeling. If your short music is not coming up, to just, be with them. Oh,
1: that sounds so Which simple. So, so simple.
0: It's, not, it's a lot easier said than done. And I think a lot of examples are things like with certain kids that that we work with where from their framework, I lost a teddy bear and it's right. the most devastating thing in the world to them. And then us as adults are thinking like, you're going to forget about this one right. week. <laughs> but really even just saying like, I know you're really sad about that. I know you're really upset about that. And just sort of writing that out with them Mm -hmm. can be incredibly helpful for them. Yeah. People
1: have listened to more than one of these podcasts have heard me talk about that um, with pretty much everybody. Um, And and I think that there's a reason for that. There's a reason for whether we're talking about traveling with your kids or grieving kids or um, kids who are being bullied or um, like what we're talking about right now, just theme keeps coming up of you have to be present with your kids and acknowledge their experience not just from and not from your perspective but from their perspective Mm -hmm. and how difficult that can be to do when you have are thinking about like oh man I have laundry that needs to get done and Mm -hmm. this other kid needs my attention and I'm stressed out for x y and z is that that being with um, an it sounds like such a simple thing so yeah, yeah so well
0: usually I feel like it's, it's like everybody has good intentions but that, <laughs> right, right? right so like if a kid is sad and they're crying parents don't want their kid to feel no. that negative emotion I don't think anyone wants to see a kid cry but like us as adults we have we have those negative emotions sure. and is, so part of what I I kind of encourage parents to think of it as is Well, and as much as we don't want them to feel that, they are feeling that. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of acknowledging that will help them be aware of it. Yeah. And and you accepting that I think will help them get through it a lot faster than if you're trying to just pull them out of it. Yeah, deny them of that
1: experience that they're feeling too. And then I, you know, um, I think that that also becomes a setup for later on in life that they're then afraid um, to show you or communicate about how they're feeling. And they disguise them and they bury them and, and then they wind up in our offices as mental health yeah. professionals.
0: Yeah, so, with, uh, there's two terms actually that go, that go yeah. with that. So we call it cueing and miscueing. Okay, so, tell me about that. So those those are two, I think, helpful words to use. So cueing is just when a kid is showing a need. So if they're crying because they're upset about something, mm-hmm. that seems like a, a pretty obvious. But right? right. what we tend to get in our office a lot of the time mm-hmm. would be kids who are miscueing. Okay. And so at about 11 months, kids can figure out what emotion they Mom or dad is not really comfortable with, and then they learn to hide that need. Okay, hold on because I want. I just,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, so so um, what Jale was just sharing, and I think this is so important because we underestimate um, in children's knowledge and wisdom. And so, what you were just saying is, at about not even a year old, that children can identify emotions in their parents and and which ones they like or don't like. Okay.
0: So if, if kids yeah. are crying a lot and that's mom shark music right. like da, 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 and then she's got a really angry face right? Right. when the kid is crying, they will learn and almost teach themselves to hold to hide that need or hold that need, so then they maybe will show it in a different way. Whoa. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Mind blowing. Yeah. It's kids are amazing. A, yeah, they really are. So, so they really shouldn't have to work that hard. Right.
1: So we can do
0: something different.
1: Definitely. Okay. So, um, so that's called miscuing when they're doing that. They're, they're hiding, hiding their emotion. Okay. Yeah. Or
0: they're hiding their needs. So then we tend to get some kids who who are coming into our office for counseling who are having a lot of behavioral issues, mm-hmm. and so they're trying to get their needs met, but maybe in a way that isn't isn't the best. Right. Um. Another way of even saying that, so I think language is really important, which is another part of what you brought up for for this particular podcast. Uh, So one thing that I notice that we say a lot when kids are having these behavioral issues is they want attention, they need attention. And so I challenge people, so I challenge you guys to think (laughs) of it as actually connection. So as opposed to attention, I mean, these kids are actually trying to find a way to connect with you. They're just not really figuring out what the best way is Mm -hmm. yet. So we can help them do that. Yeah,
1: I think that's super important, that difference between connection and attention. Because uh, I think also when you hear adults say that, that that's what, it's almost like a negative thing. Like, yeah. it's weird. Like, well, they need attention. Like, it's never like, they need attention, right? And, um But but attention and connection are are really different things. And, um, you know, I I was just saying that I I was coming from this meeting that had to do with aggression and anger and bullying. And, um, you know, one of the things that we know from the research around that, like that area, is that kids who feel connected – don't bully. Yeah. Kids who feel connected don't hurt other kids. Mm-hmm. Kids who feel um, connected um, show resiliency in all sorts of ways. And so that starts at home with parents. So yeah. what can a parent do when they feel like their child, because this isn't a, maybe a new way of thinking of it, when they feel like their child is like just trying to get attention. Yeah. So besides reworking that You know, so, like, no, they just need connection. So one of the things, I know I'm jumping a little bit here, but, like, one of the things that I frequently say to parents is, like, when kids are using, uh, older kids are using baby talk or whining, that's a cue that they need nurturance, so more like the connection piece. And so um, how do you help parents distinguish when a kid needs attention and then how to provide them, how to provide their child with connection?
0: The great question. So, so with the circle of security in particular, it actually gives you a map, which is nice yeah. because it's like people will say, well, there's not a map to help raise your kids. And this is a map, not there, the only map. But there, but so there map actually is map. a map out there. <laughs> um, and part part of what it tries to tell you is that no matter how old someone is, we all have the same basic needs. And mm-hmm. I, I really think that, and a lot of research will tell you, I think that that connection piece, that human connection, is almost if not more important to some people than maybe eating and yeah. drinking and other basic needs. And so on this circle, so that's why it's called Circle Security, we – want to be able to go out and explore but then we want to be able to come into someone and feel connection Mm -hmm. and there are certain needs that are on that circle that have to get met or else we will find other ways to get them met okay for example Uh, one of the things would be so if a kid gets hurt and then they want to come in and get some nurturance get some hugs Mm -hmm. if they don't get that then they actually will miscue you when they get hurt and they will act like they're not hurt at all and they'll shy away from you Oh. So they know that you don't like because you're you're gonna say what you're fine you're good you're up, yeah and you want to kind of rub some dirt on it yeah rub <laughs> some dirt on it. you're fine <laughs> don't want to see them hurt we right. have good intentions but then kids will sort of learn like okay mom doesn't like when I I get hurt so, mm-hmm. they, so they so they're holding it in so it's almost it challenges parents I think the first piece is really figuring out what your shark music is so okay. if there's something so these that are really connected. You, I think so yeah I definitely think so so I think if you can if you know the stuff that really that really gets you going. So if it's like when your kid is standing up to you, the crying right. thing. Um, I mean, I'm a therapist, and I remember when I first started. When I first started, I guess <laughs> learning how to be a therapist, I was like what is this, this people crying thing all the time? <laughs> you know, what, is this, what, is, what is this? And of and course, I don't think that way now, but that was something that I had to challenge myself with because it wasn't something that I was as comfortable right. doing. And that had to do with, uh, you know, my parents' shark music and sort of kind of mm-hmm. going back and figuring that out. And then once I figured that out, it didn't bother me as much because I knew mm-hmm. that that's how that particular person had to express how they were feeling.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that um, – the, the, the language that you're using today and the the, the words um, to call these relationship dynamics um, particular things is really helpful because I think that also that we're all aware or, you know, to some extent aware of these things, but we didn't have words for it. Like I did not, I, in no way, I could tell you the things that push my buttons, um, but I wasn't like, it takes, it's, i frequently will say it takes a lot for me to get there yeah. but now if i look like reflect on it i'll be like oh but my shark music was playing way before my button got pushed Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: It's not you yeah. got a warning before the button yeah or you got a beeping. yeah, <laughs> yeah. here it it's that's like kind of
1: sonar and then and then the the being you know with part and the um the cue and the miscue cue and the attention connection I think all of that gives you like a different way of looking and and i, I relationship period yeah. um, and so this is so super useful because it you can take it out of the parent-child relationship True. but I think it also gives you a language for saying like oh not just understanding um, how a relationship is working between you and somebody else but between you and yourself yeah yeah it's pretty deep it,
0: it is <laughs> I, I didn't realize this is where we were going. I know. <laughs> it was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about, I think, Circle Security and just a lot of – because the language is an easy and not in the sense because – uh, people need it to be easy but right. it's just quick to remember and mm-hmm. even like those reminders so I find myself which is I mean I don't know if it sounds like me talking to myself sometimes but, okay. but, I'll, but I'll, 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 I'll be able to recognize my own so I'll say, duh, 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 duh. I right. say to myself uh-huh. because I'll think man that, that's some you know that person just said this I know that that's my stuff and so I can hear that music but then it changes my reaction it almost makes me like Some of them people are like, stop, take a breath before you, you know, think about something before you respond. Right. Even thinking about shark music gives you like a second where you take a breath. Yeah. I'm thinking um, of how
1: powerful that would be for teachers to just be like when they started the – the school year with kids saying, like, listen, guys, I have some shark music, and you probably do, too. (laughs) And the other thing that I think is really remarkable about that is I remember watching that movie when I was seven. So that was
0: 41 years ago,
1: (laughs) Um, just seeing a a blip of it on TV. But that even children now, uh, uh, 45-plus years later, Mm -hmm. they know that reference. They know that Donna like that 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 still exists regard it's part of our like uh, it became part of our culture yeah. to recognize what that is and so so I think like okay, how powerful um, that would be to use that language w- with kids because they can understand that and um you know and you can you can be really creative around that um, yeah. if you're a teacher, if you're a daycare provider, uh, if you uh, watch children in your home, any relationship you have with children. Um, you can make better and even in your adult-adult relationship saying like, oh, just so you guys know, my shark is, is, this. is We talk about
0: question. it in, so even in this office. I, I know that you're aware of this. So yeah. I, a lot of our colleagues actually, they actually sat at a circle of security groups so they learned a lot about these things mm-hmm. and so we're semi-joking with each other, but really, we're, we're serious. Where we're like, <laughs> yeah. "My shark music is coming up," yeah. so whether that's something in session or whether that's something just with our day, and it's been really helpful with each other, just yeah. as in supporting each other. Right. So a lot of this translates to all different kind of relationships, and I think the most important piece that you said is is our kids. I mean, that's that's our main focus. And so, to be able to to know that for the rest of their lives, right. they can
1: use these skills well and i I think too, you can be really creative with it in terms of how you use it with kids, you could draw shark things, you could yeah. you know um, you could do things that are that are fun and silly around it, so it doesn't have to be um so like. Verbally laden, and we don't have to, you know, um, think of all these words because sometimes that's what's going to get in the way um, when we're trying to teach kids about coping skills and and whatnot. And you know, I um, and I even think like this is just on my mind a little bit today, um, the idea of bullying and cyberbullying and how like you could have shark music that's connected to technology yep. and that you know what that taking a time out. From your technology and knowing yeah. then when you're ready to go um, back in, right. you know. So it's it's even in your not just relationships with that are direct face to face with other people or on the phone if people still even do that, <laughs> um, but that your relationships with people via social media or via or even the medium of social media itself, because sometimes just having to mm-hmm. even in a passive way watching. Media, <laughs> you know, reading your Twitter feed or anything like that. Yeah, I think that. you and I
0: both have talked about meeting timeouts. Yeah, we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we just, we have, like, uh, less than a minute left. So tell me one thing that you really want to leave people with um, that you've taken out of Circle of Security and the lessons um, that are that you feel are just most important. And I know we could probably do another Forever, podcast. Ever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really, I mean, the point that you had said of it's never too late. I think parents, okay. there's a lot of parents. There's a lot of parent guilt that, yeah. that tends to come up, and, and I think, like, I really try to repeat that point yeah. to them, because especially with me, like, I'm a yeah. grown-up, and yeah. it's, just, it's my relationship with my parents. So yeah. it is not too late to be able to incorporate some of these things into your parenting. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much, Jale. So, um, so check out, see if there's a circle of security group in your area on that it's definitely worth going even if you have adult children, Jale and her parents could testify um, to that. Um, but if, but if not, you want to go back and really look at some of the things that Jale um, said they're, like there are things that you could do right away and they're, um they sound simple, but they'll take practice and it sounds like that would be uh, an important part for everybody to know. and I will make sure I have jale back with you soon to talk about some more of this stuff. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much for doing this, and have a great day, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh oh oh! O'Reilly.
1: You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart: the professional parts people. Oh oh. Right.